Welcome to What's the Law Say, a presentation of Legal Aid of West Virginia. I'm Clint Adams, Legal Director of Legal Aid of West Virginia. And in this episode, we will be doing our second part with Marie Bechtel, and we will be discussing expungements. As is always the case, Legal Aid of West Virginia still remains a nonprofit law firm. We provide legal services and advocacy to vulnerable West Virginians. This podcast is presented to bring relevant and current information. This information is current at the time this podcast is published. Our attorneys are licensed to practice law in the state of West Virginia. This law is only applicable in the state of West Virginia and provided for informational purposes. This does not take the place of an attorney-client relationship, and you should speak with an attorney about your specific situation. Marie, welcome back. Thank you, Clint. I'm excited to be back. Expungements. Um, So once I've been cited with a criminal record, maybe it's because I fled from the cops when they showed up at a party when I was 18 years old um, and I got arrested and cited for something like, I don't know, public intoxication. Um, Let's talk about the process then. Am I branded with that crime for the rest of my life? Well, it depends on the crime, but in West Virginia, hopefully not. So let's talk about some of the crimes that I might be branded for life with. Um, What are some of the crimes that you cannot have expunged in the state of West Virginia? In West Virginia, you cannot have a DUI expunged unless it was a very specifically pled and handled deferred DUI, which is always a first offense DUI. You cannot have expunged any crime of violence, any crime where the victim was a child, any crime where there was a handgun present or any sort of uh, deadly weapon. You cannot have expunged any crime where a vulnerable elderly person was the victim or any crime involving burglary of a building that is regularly used as a home or dwelling place. There are some other uh, more detailed and nuanced uh, exceptions to the expungement statute, but that generally covers it. So I noticed a lot of the things that you didn't mention, right, for example, possession of narcotics or possession of marijuana, things of that nature. Those would generally be expungable offenses if that's the only thing you were charged with? Generally so, yes. And there is a difference between charged and convicted, and those are handled differently under the expungement statute. So if you are charged with a crime and then that is either ultimately dismissed or or you are acquitted of that charge, then so long as you don't have a felony on your record, those dismissed charges should be eligible for expungement. The other exception to that expungement eligibility is it's really common for people to be charged with multiple offenses. And in resolving those charges, they will plead guilty to some in exchange for dismissal of the remaining charges. Any charges that are dismissed in exchange for A plea of guilty to others as a part of a plea agreement, those are also not eligible for expungement. And that is really something that significantly impacts our clients. So you used a big fancy legal word, and I always hate it because we lawyers, we talk in lawyer words, and you said acquitted. Now, you and I know what acquitted means, but if you don't know what acquitted means, can you explain that a little better? Sure. It means a judge or a jury finds you not guilty. Um, You're saying that would still be on the record if someone ran a criminal background check. 
It generally depends on the kind of background check that they're running and how far back the person running the background check is looking. But yes, for for all and for most intents and purposes, it would still be on a background check. Okay, so you have to take some process once you're charged with a crime. Once you, there is some process you would have to take for that to be removed from your record. Is that true? That's true. And that's true whether or not a court hearing date was set if you were ever charged with the crime. And that is part of what we will be talking about here. That would also be an expungement, even if you were convicted of a crime and had clearly committed the crime. That's correct. Okay. So, so let's take the example that I gave, right, where you get cited with being, um, as, as Ron White likes to say, drunk in public, right? I wasn't drunk in public. I was drunk in the bar and they threw me into public. But you get cited, let's say, with public intoxication. Um, generally, as the law is considered, that's, that's a relatively minor crime that you would be charged with. That would be one that would be eligible for expungement? Generally speaking, yes. So how long would I have to wait um, if I if let's say I pled guilty, charged with that? I say, you know what? I was I was drunk in the bar. They threw me into public, but I was clearly drunk in public. I can't really argue that. I'm going to go ahead and plead guilty. I'm going to be convicted. Maybe I pay a fine. Maybe there's some other consequences that, that you have to do. What's the next step after that? How can I get that off my record? Sure. Well, it depends on whether you at that time have any other uh, convictions or if you have any convictions from before then and even a driving misdemeanor offense does count as a conviction but the time period for when you become eligible to file a petition for expungement doesn't start until you have completed your sentence so if you were sentenced to a weekend in jail if you were sentenced to a little bit of community service if you weren't sentenced to anything at all, but required to just pay a fine, whenever the time clock starts to run from whenever that sentence is completed. And then if that's your one and only conviction and it's a misdemeanor conviction, it's a one year wait before you are eligible to file. If you've had multiple misdemeanor convictions, and again, that can be something as simple as a driving offense, then it's a two-year wait, again, from completion of the sentence. Now, West Virginia has quite a lot of residents who have suffered from a substance use disorder. And in an effort to help people get clean and to encourage them to, to kick the substance use disorder, they passed another law that allows a reduction of a less weight uh, time for that eligibility to file the expungement petition. So if after this, this incident happened, this public intox happened, if a person does suffer from a diagnosed substance use disorder and they complete a long-term rehab program or whether or not they've ever had a substance use disorder, if they complete a West Virginia Department of Education approved job training program, then it will reduce how long they have to wait before they're eligible to file for an expungement. So if it's this one single misdemeanor crime, it reduces that one year wait down to they're eligible to file immediately upon completing their treatment program or their job training program. If it's multiple misdemeanors, it reduces that two-year wait down to a one-year wait. So, and when you said that, you said that's from when the sentence is completed. So even if you complete the programs that you're talking about, if you haven't paid your court fines, 
you would still not be eligible for an expungement? So in my experience, courts have generally interpreted the payment of fines and fees as not the day the sentence is completed. It's the date the order was entered telling them to pay that fine. And I've never had a judge say otherwise. So so let's say I complete one of those programs, but when I was uh, arrested after I pled to the crime, I was given a year of probation. When would I be eligible then to file an expungement? Would it be at the completion of that or at the completion of my probation? It would, so the time clock would start to run when your probation was completed. It would be, again, it depends on whether you have one misdemeanor, multiple misdemeanors, felonies bring something entirely different to the table, but that time clock for eligibility starts to run on completion of the sentence. So it wouldn't be when you were sentenced to probation, it would be when you completed that probation. We talked about expungement of of records where you're charged with a crime. We talked about expungement of records whenever you have committed a crime. What if you've committed a crime? You talked about multiple crimes. What if you committed a crime in West Virginia and you committed a crime in, say, Ohio or or Wisconsin? How How would that play in with the West Virginia? What happens in another state could impact whether you are eligible for expungement in another state. And the reason for that is because the law specifically says that you cannot have any pending charges when you file a petition for expungement in West Virginia, or you're just not eligible. So if, for example, you have some old charges here in West Virginia, you go over to Ohio and you have some, you're on probation for something that happened then, you're not going to be currently eligible for expungement in West Virginia. Another big issue to always understand when it comes to expungement in West Virginia is very few people in only a very few instances are entitled to an expungement. It is up to the judge whether or not you are granted an expungement because we call that the judge has discretion, meaning it's up to them to consider your case and decide if that's appropriate. And you have to prove to the court that since whatever you did that you're looking to expunge happened, that you have been law-abiding and rehabilitated since that time. And some judges take a very hard look at that term, those terms law-abiding and rehabilitated. And they make the finding that if you have had charges or convictions after whatever happened that you're looking to expunge happened, that you have not been law-abiding and rehabilitated since that time, and so you are not entitled to an expungement. So let's talk about rehabilitation. How are you going to prove that to the judge, aside from, let's say, substance use isn't isn't the concern. We, we noted situations where you could certainly attend the, the classes you were talking about earlier as it relates to substance use and com- successfully complete those. If substance use isn't a, a factor in the crime in any way, shape, or form, maybe you found a credit card and you bought your gas with it, and now you're charged with a felony of having a you know, fraudulently used this credit card, how are you going to show the court that you've rehabilitated? This is a very important point that we talk about routinely with our clients. We prove this to the court in multiple ways. If you have maintained employment, you've kept the job for a long time, then 
proving that to the court is helpful. You can do that with tax returns. You can do that with pay stubs. You can do that with a letter from your boss saying that you know, you've worked for them for the past two years, five years, whatever the case may be, that you're a good and dependable employee who's an asset to the company. And so that's, that is good proof of, of rehabilitation. Um, if you own your home, if you are paying your taxes, if you are not getting any additional charges, if you're an, an active member of your your church community. A letter from your pastor is very helpful. If your family has seen that you went through maybe a time in your life where you weren't the most law-abiding person and you had your troubles and they see how you have turned it around and, and come out of that, having your your family or close friends or, or co-workers or just people that know you to write letters on behalf of you, that can be a, a powerful uh, voice to bring to the court too. Would you have to have them subpoenaed to court uh, for that situation or do, does just the letter suffice? Just I always just attach letters as exhibits to the petition and, and have found that to be sufficient for courts. Now, when we talked about crimes that are not expungible, let me just start, are all misdemeanors expungible in West Virginia, uh, with the exception of DUI? No, they are not. And again, we look at, the, was it a crime of violence? Um, domestic battery, if the people ever shared a household, are not eligible for expungement. And domestic battery is very commonly a, uh, a, a misdemeanor crime. And so it really just depends on the crime itself. And clearly not all felonies are eligible. The violence is one of the biggest things that they're going to be looking for, the use of a firearm. I think you mentioned that earlier. Um, and what are some of the, uh, as you noted, um, particularly vulnerable people, elder people or children, anything like that are, are going to be excluded. So really, if you're looking at whether your felony is going to be expungible, it's going to be a nonviolent felony. Um, what are some other examples of expungible felonies? Um, certainly, a possession with intent is usually an expungible felony. That's possession of narcotics with the intent to deliver those narcotics, correct? Correct, yes. Okay. Um, breaking and entering, as long as it's not burglary of a household, but breaking and entering, um, grand larceny, a petty larceny is the misdemeanor version of that. A grand larceny is generally eligible. It really just depends. It is so much on a case-by-case -case basis, but crimes that are, like we said, there is a child victim, there is a elderly vulnerable person victim, crimes that are sexually motivated, crimes of violence. These are the things that are not eligible for expungement. One other thing that is important to remember is that restitution does need to be paid in full before a petition for expungement is filed. So, for example, in, in the case of shoplifting or grand larceny or petty larceny, um, if the a victim is was owed money because of it was something that was stolen from them, that does need to be paid in full before the petition is filed. So if, for example, you took a TV from Walmart and the TV's worth a thousand bucks, you're going to have to have paid that thousand dollars back to Walmart um, before you would be eligible for an expungement. Do I understand that correctly? Yes. And it really is what's listed in the court records. It will say in the court records whether restitution is owed. And then that's paid through the courts 
not directly to the victim. And so it's important to attach a receipt from the courts showing that those court costs, fines, fees, and restitution are paid in full. That is one of the first questions a judge will ask with a petition for expungement. So let's start with that. Let's say I know I was convicted of some crime 10 years ago, but it was 10 years ago. It was in a different place in my life. I really didn't, you know, didn't care much. Maybe there was some substance use disorder. How can I find out what I was charged with? Where can I go to find that information? A few different ways. So in West Virginia, we have public court database computers that are available in all of the courthouses. And the magistrate court database actually allows you to see the records there that are in every magistrate court throughout West Virginia. So if, for example, you're in Harrison County and you had charges in Fayette County, you could go into the Harrison County Magistrate Court and you can look those up on the computer. You can't print everything out unless you're in the county where it happened, but you can at least see the charges on your record and what the outcome of those charges were. For felony level charges, that there is another public access database um, where it's just a computer that anybody can walk in and use, but you do have to be in the county where those charges are recorded to be able to see those in West Virginia. Um, for some people, they think they might have charges in multiple counties or in multiple jurisdictions all around the state. In West Virginia, the ultimate keeper of records for in criminal matters is the West Virginia State Police. The vendor that they use is called Identigo, and you can go online. Identigo has locations all around the state where you can pay to go in and get fingerprinted, and they will actually send you a full copy of your whole record as it shows in West Virginia. It costs about $60 to do that. So as I look at those charges and I was charged with uh, breaking and entering, let's just say, because it's a, like, I'm charged with felony breaking and entering in, I don't know, let's pick, uh, how about Wirt County? So I'm charged with that in Wirt County. I get a copy of the record. I get a copy of the court order. I've done all of the things that were asked of me because this happened a long time ago. So I think I'm eligible for an expungement. But I, now I live in Harrison County. Do I file that expungement? Where do I file that expungement petition? You file it in the circuit court of the county where the records are. So whether it was a municipal court, a magistrate court, or a circuit court case, it gets filed in the circuit court of the county of where, where it happened. So in the instance you just said, it would be filed in Work County. Now, let's say I was charged with two expungible offenses, one of them in Work County and one of them in Wood County. Would I file the, where do I file my expungement petition or do I have to file two separate expungement petitions? You have to file two separate expungement petitions, one in each county, again, where it occurred. And then, because as you noted earlier, the subsequent, I'm sorry, the future criminal activity that you've committed after your initial conviction is going to be relevant. You're going to have to tell both of those courts about that, correct? That's right. In my experience, the courts are going to run their own background check on you when you file that petition for expungement. And so it's important to be completely and fully honest about everything that happened both in West in and outside of West Virginia and in and outside of that county because the court is going to see it. And it's better that they see it from you and, and see you acknowledge it and it be able to explain it as opposed for them to think that you're trying to hide it from them. What's that process look like? You're going to file a petition. Is that what it would be? And, and where can you find a copy of a petition? It is a petition, and if you don't have an attorney to help you do it, 
the West Virginia Supreme Court has developed some really nice user-friendly forms that are available on their website, which is courtswv.org. And there is a link to court forms. And then under court forms, there is a whole section on expungement. It's broken down with instructions. There is a form for seeking to expunge acquittals or dismiss charges. And again, that's where you were either found not guilty by a judge or the charges just were never pursued by the prosecutor's office. There's a separate form for expungement of misdemeanor offenses. And then there's a separate form for expungement of felony offenses. Now, as you mentioned, even the slightest criminal interaction could create a problem. Let's say I get a speeding ticket on the way to the hearing for my expungement. Uh, do I have to a disclose that? And then does that make me uneligible to get an expungement? You, in my opinion, absolutely should expunge it. And technically it would make you ineligible until that charge is resolved and the proper amount of time has gone by. Yes. So you may just ask the court to continue the hearing if it's something minor like a speeding ticket. If it's something that's more substantial, then that could create a problem if you end up with charges that are pending. You certainly don't want to file your petition if you know you have charges that are pending until those are resolved. But if you get charged while your petition is pending waiting for the hearing, you're going to want to make sure that that you address that matter before you go to the court. Correct? That is absolutely true. It's also important to know that a person can only expunge one felony or series of felonies from the same transaction under West Virginia's current law. So, for example, if 10 years ago uh, you had a felony breaking and entering charge and then a year later you had a felony shoplifting third charge, both of those are not going to be eligible for expungement. You have to pick and choose between them and you're only eligible to have one of those expunged. It's my general advice to people that they seek to have the most recent felony expunged if it's otherwise eligible because it goes back to the proving to the court that you've been law-abiding and rehabilitated since this happened. And with those older felonies, it's a real hard argument to make if you've had some other felonies in the meantime. I think the reality is that when a background check is run by you, uh, run on you by an employer or some other person, um, the, the further you are removed from having committed that crime, the less of an issue it would be. So I think that that also plays into that. Now, we talked about the, the petition. We get the petition on the Supreme Court website. We fill that out. Then I take that to the circuit clerk in the county that has these records. Um, in our example, it would be, say, Wirt County. We're going to file that. Is there a fee to file an expungement petition? There is, unless you qualify for a waiver of that filing fee. So to file to expunge misdemeanor or felony charges is a $200 fee. If you if your income and your assets are under a certain level, you can fill out another form called a filing fee affidavit that will allow that $200 fee to be waived or not charged by the court. And you have to bring in proof of all forms of income that you have. If you're going to ask the court to waive that fee, then you have to bring in proof of everything, including uh, pay stubs, social security benefits, 
food stamps, uh, child support, whatever income you have. If you are filing only to expunge an acquitted or dismissed charge, then there is no fee for that. So now you filed that. Who do you have to tell that you're filing an expungement petition? Anyone? Everybody and their mother. You have to <laughs> tell a whole list of people. And this for a lot of people really is very challenging. You have to serve a copy of the petition on the state of West Virginia, which is the prosecuting attorney in the county where you're you're looking to get that expungement. If you were in jail, even one night, you have to serve that uh, that jail or correctional center. If you um, were under supervision, parole or probation, you have to serve that office of probation or parole. If you you have to serve the court that handled the the claim. So if it was a, a misdemeanor municipal court charge, you have to serve that municipal court or that magistrate court or even that circuit court, even though you just filed it in that circuit court, you actually have to serve them. There is a laundry list of, of people and places that have to be filed, including the West Virginia Superintendent of State Police. It really is a, a very exhaustive list. It is attached to the court forms. So it, it is listed out on there, although you'll have to look up all of the addresses for everyone. When you say serve someone, that means make sure that they get a copy of that. So you may either hand deliver that or mail it. Is that correct? Well, you're not allowed to hand deliver it yourself, but you can have somebody else hand deliver it for you and then sign an affidavit that they did so. Or the easiest way particularly with businesses, is to do it by certified mail because then you get the green card back and that signature on the green card shows that they received it. And then you can bring those to the court clerk and those green cards get filed in the court file. And that proves to the judge that those um, those offices or people were served. So you've gone through all that now. Then will the court set it? Does the court always set a hearing? Let me start there. Not always, and in my experience, not usually. Most of the time, these petitions are handled without a hearing. If there was a victim of the crime, then the prosecutor's office will notify the victim that a petition for expungement has been filed and give them a chance to say if they support it or oppose it or just don't care one way or the other, but they don't have to respond. They just have the, the chance to if they want to. One question I didn't ask earlier, but I think is important. Do you have to expunge juvenile crimes? Do you have to go through the same process if you were convicted of crimes as a juvenile? No, those are sealed. So those are automatically sealed. So now the expungement order is entered by the judge. He says, I've reviewed everything. Nobody has basically complained. Here's the order that says your crime is, has gone away. Is it like then that it never happened? Or what does that mean to actually have the crime expunged? So according to the law, once the expungement petition is granted, then all of the places that have records of that expungement have 60 days to actually process that expungement. So it goes to the courts, it goes to the police, it goes to the West Virginia State Police, so that every one of those organizations can actually process the expungement. That does not mean that they burn or shred those documents so that they never existed. It means that they are simply... They are sealed within their files because there are some ways that other 
organizations can look behind an expungement. Even somebody who has had uh, records expunged, if they were to apply for a job in a correctional center or as a police officer or something to do with evading or detecting uh, law enforcement, then the background check that gets run on that individual actually looks behind the expungement so that they can see they can see those records. Um, in certain instances, a prosecutor can go to a court and they can ask a court to unseal an expunged record so that they can look at it more closely. And so that is, is possible that a court could do that. It really just depends. So for the most part, they are expunged, but that doesn't mean that they are as though they never existed. It's also important to remember that the internet does not get expunged. Um, and so a lot of times people, when people are charged with things, there are news articles, there are social media posts, there are just all kinds of things that get put online about it. And expungement does not get rid of those records. So a person can contact that social media company or that news agency or Google or whomever the case may be and, and, and respectfully request that those uh, posts be taken down, but they're under no obligation to do so. It's also important to know that a lot of people want an expungement because it will make them uh, more able to get better jobs. Most large employers subscribe to a a company that's uh, or a database that they run background checks through. Those databases are updated periodically, but every employer's background check is is only as good as that most recent database update. And they might not have paid for a database update in six months, nine months, a year, two years. And so if they haven't paid for that update, they might not see that it was expunged, that it's possible that this could still pop up on these background checks, that they should have a copy of their expungement order, you know, readily handy so that they can give that to the the hiring manager or whoever calls them and says, you didn't disclose that you had this on your record, but when we ran a background check, we found it on your record. So they can say, I did, and it's been successfully expunged. Here's a copy of the court order. Even here's a copy of the law saying I did not have to disclose it. Having a, a, a conviction, whether expunged or not on your record, is not a, a protected class. Marie, thank you so much for taking the time. More information about expungements is available at LegalAidWV.org. For sample pleadings for expungement, go to CourtsWV.gov. And more information about the Jobs and Hope program is available at JobsAndHope.WV.gov. Thank you for joining us for this episode of What's the Law Say? a presentation of Legal Aid of West Virginia.